This is episode number 41 with Dr. Eric Z. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, and I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe to uncover the habits, mindsets, tools, and rituals that they have used to become world-class so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Dr. Eric Zelensky has been on a mission to help people enjoy an abundant life for nearly 15 years. Formerly trained as a public health researcher, Dr. Z, as he's commonly known as, launched his online health ministry, DrEricZ.com, in June 2014, and it has been visited by more than three million people and became the number one ranked fastest growing website devoted to biblical health on the internet. How cool is that? Now, Dr. Z is an accomplished researcher and specializes in the therapeutic use of essential oils. Now, I am so excited for today's episode because I have personally been using essential oils for about six years now, and I love them so much, and I can't wait for you to learn more about them. In today's episode, we chat about his journey from being a doctor to essential oils guru, what are essential oils and why they are so powerful, the top things you must know before you start using them, why understanding dilution is imperative, why bio-individuality is key when using oils, the many ways that you can use these oils in your everyday life, how these oils can boost your health and happiness, the best oils for women, the most harmonizing oils to combat stress, how he became obsessed with the oils, how to use aromatic anchors in your life, oils for meditation and spirituality, how and why you need to control your home environment, and how to create your home as a wellness sanctuary, plus so much more. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that is at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 41. And without further ado, let's bring on this beautiful human being, Dr. Eric Z. Dr. Eric Z, it is so awesome to have you on the show. But before we dive in, can you please tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? Nothing. Sounds delicious. <laughs> I know. I am a um, eat when I'm hungry kind of person, and I actually have a matcha green tea latte that usually gets me going, keeps me in a nice kind of low state of ketosis till about um, mid-afternoon, and then I get a little hungry. So I'll have like an acai bowl or smoothie around maybe one o'clock and good old dinner, supper around seven, eight, and that's usually what I do. Mm, it's very similar to, to what we do here, and um, it just works really mm-hmm. well. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting what, when you start eating when you want to or feel like you need to versus eating out of like compulsion. Same thing with drinking water. Most people drink way too much water. You don't need like eight glasses of water a day, you know, unless you like sweating. So I kind of like more of a, I do eat to leverage you, live to eat kind of thing. Mm. So smart. So tell me, how does a doctor become an essential oils guru? Can you tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are today? You know, it's nothing I I planned for, nothing I wanted. In fact, um, I've always been that guy just to do stuff because it needs to be done. I remember when I first became a Christian, I started going to church um, about 15 years ago. And I remember um, a woman who was running the nursery kind of like begging, like, hey, can we have someone helping with the babies? You know, I need someone changing diapers. And I was 23 years old. I rose my hand and I said, look, I'll volunteer. So I was that young guy just doing whatever I could do. And that's always just been in my heart. And it's been in my spirit. And so I realized about three and a half, four years ago, one of my clients, because I was a public health researcher at the time, a medical writer, one of my clients commissioned me to write a series of public health reports about oils. And I'm, I'm telling you, the the vast disparity between the information in the blogosphere compared to what's in the medical research is astound, was and still is astounding. Um and I realized someone needed to step up and just start sharing evidence-based information. And unfortunately, there's another big chasm in the aromatherapy community, and most bloggers are, are multi-level marketing distributors. And so there's another huge chasm too. And I'm like, you know what? I can't be beholden to a brand. So one thing led to another. I just started writing, started sharing. I hosted an online telesummit. Um, the largest event of its kind, 165,000 people from around the world attended this online event, and that was in 2015, and it just launched me. And this brand that I created is just to simply educate people. So it was really, again, by necessity. And when I did the summit, so many people just thanked me. Like, I mean, just you could just sense the heartfelt gratitude for finally someone's willing to teach us without trying to sell us. And I'm like, you know what? I'll do it. I'll be that guy. And here I am. It's it's become a career path that I was not expecting, but I love it. Mm, it's so rewarding, isn't it? It is. So my husband and I have recently created an online program called The Path to Freedom, which basically teaches people about essential oils and how to build their own essential oils empire. So oils are a huge part of our life. Like I've been using them for over six years and I love them and I use them every single day. But for those that have never been exposed to an essential oil, can you please tell us what they are? and why they are so powerful. Like, let's go back to basics. You know, the basics are that essential oils is plant-based medicine at the core. That's what a lot of our medications are based off of. So chemists take the chemical compounds in these plants, the roots, the tree bark, the flowers, the blossoms, the the, the rind of your citrus fruits, and they, they, they detest and they realize that there are certain chemicals in these plants. And so they extracted them and then they made your aspirins and your cancer-fighting chemotherapy and they made all your other blood pressuring pills from the plants. So people have been using plant-based medicine since the beginning of time. And being able to extract them is really pure healing in its form. And technically speaking, they're called volatile organic compounds. Volatile meaning they readily evaporate. So 
best analogy is when you're walking into um, a rose garden and you you put your nose up into the blossom and you smell the aroma of the rose. Well, that's because there are particles in the air being emitted by the rose. They're volatile. They evaporate out into the air and you smell. Whenever you smell anything that's an actual physical particle, you can't see because it's so tiny. It's a physical particle that hits your nose and the nose realizes, oh, there's something there. And it produces a trigger that actually changes your brain chemistry, which is a powerful science behind smell. And so when you extract those volatile organic compounds through steam distillation, you actually get the concentrated form of essential oils. And I I have to debunk a myth out there. Um, Essential oils, like we know them, have not been around for thousands and thousands of years. Don't believe it. How do I know that? Well, because modern distillation wasn't invented till 900 AD by um, Persian chemists. So we realize that you can't walk into a lavender field and see a pool of lavender. We have to extract it. So they're relatively new in the time frame of how we see them, how we use them. But we know through incense and ritual practices through the beginning of time, um, ancient tribal cultures have been burning plants and roots and things uh, for a variety of reasons. And not only burning them, but making pulses and salves and oils-based compounds, but not essential oils. So I think that's important because they're really super concentrated. So you just can't slather them on your skin willy-nilly. Like they can absolutely help cure disease, but they can also hurt you as well. Mm, And I think this is where I've personally seen a few people go wrong with it is they use it like it's, you know, a normal perfume or a normal product and they lather their body in it. And I'm like, these are so potent. These are gifts from the earth. And, you know, all you need is one drop and it, it, it goes such a long way. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that because in this case, definitely less is more. Oh, exactly. And, you know, I realized as a researcher, because again, I'm a trained public health researcher, and as a researcher, my understanding of, of the literature produced literally an ignorance of how to use them clinically. And I didn't realize that at first. So I started writing reports, and some aromatherapy colleagues came up to me and called me out and said, look, what you're reporting isn't accurate. You got to understand there are dilutions, there's percentages, there's conversions, like there's more of a science. You have to understand chemistry. So I actually went to aromatherapy school to become an aromatherapist. And that was one of the best things I ever did professionally because now I get it. I understand there's max dermal dosages, there's max internal dosages. Um, There is a right way of using this, just like how you can overdose on probiotics and you can overdose on your vitamin C. So yeah, you use them wisely. and, And I'm a big proponent of safety, but safety, I'm telling you, is also efficacy. And I use less oils than I've ever used before, but I use them smarter. And also, you got to think, I want my children, my grandchildren to be able to enjoy these beautiful, precious plant-based compounds, and we're literally consumerizing them to extinction, which is a problem. Um, It's getting harder and harder to find plants like helichrysum and blue tansy and chamomile in their native environments. So we've we've grown into a multi-billion dollar industry, a global industry, and so we got to think sustainability too. That's a really good point. Very, very good point. 
Besides being incredibly mindful of the usage, what are two things that everyone needs to know about the oils before they start using them in their life? I know it's absolutely critical to recognize that you are an individual. Your body's chemistry is unique and no one else on the planet shares that. And when you think about it, because they're volatile organic compounds, they are chemicals. They're alcohols and ketones and esters and things you've learned about in chemistry class in high school. That's what these things are. You need to realize that not every oil might work for you. And same thing for brands. Because I know there are several good companies that sell pure oils, but some people just don't react to it. It doesn't mean the brand is bad. It just means you're biochemistry doesn't react to that plant species for some reason. And here's a kicker. A bottle of lemon from the same company today will not be the bottle of lemon from the same company maybe a month, a year, six months from now because of a different harvest, different different what, distillation, whatever it might be. It's a different product every single time. So what that, why am I saying that is just like how you get a brand new carpet cleaner and you're going to test that inconspicuous part of your carpet before you potentially stain the whole thing. You need to do things called patch testing and you need to look at the organoleptic evaluation. Now that's a fancy word for something very simple. How does your body respond when you smell the oil, when you taste the oil, when you, when you open up the bottle, how does your body react? You need to give your body a moment to just experience it. So you put a a drop in your diffuser and let that run for 15, 20 minutes and see, do you get a headache? Do you experience euphoria? I don't know. Do you get nauseous? You dilute your essential oils to a 1% dilution. I'll explain that in just a minute. But you you dilute it to 1% and you put it on the back of your hand just a little bit. It's called the skin patch test. Just to see, does your body break out in hives? Do you get itchy? Um, That's not a good sign. But if you put oils on your skin, heavily diluted, And if you don't get a negative reaction, well, that's a good sign that your body's chemistry reacts well. So you need to be very cautious. And once you test it, crazy as it sounds, test every bottle, every time. Just, it takes a minute or two. And people don't like to hear this, Melissa, because they want a quick fix. But I'm telling you, when you go to the pharmacy and get the drugs from your medical doctor and your pharmacist gives you this prescription, they're going to give you a whole list of to-dos, not to-dos. Hey, there are the instructions. We need to look at, literally, we need to look at essential oils just like we look at medicine and think, just be cautious And know that you need to use the right dilutions when you're applying topically for your age and for the specific body part and for the specific thing you're trying to accomplish. And that's important. So um, you need to get a dilution chart. You don't need to memorize that stuff. Just get it and download stuff online and you want to use the right proportions. And... um, we could talk a little bit about the math if you want and how to, you know, create a 1% dilution, all that stuff. But all that stuff's online. You know, get the resources. I have a chart for free. You can download from my website for crying out loud. I just want to help people, you know, use them the right way. We can definitely put a link to that in the show notes so people can check out your dilution chart. That's awesome and super helpful. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love this so much because. Everything is bio-individuality. What works for me isn't going to work for you. And that this goes into every area of your life, not just with oils. It's with, you know, the movement that you do, the foods that you eat. And the thing I love about 
these oils, for me, it's taken me on a deep, deep self-love journey. And it has really inspired me even more to um, strengthen my intuition because you can't use a product like this and not be in tune with your body. Like you said, you, you can diffuse you know, one drop and you ask yourself and you tune in, how does this make me feel? How is this Am I feeling uplifted? Am I feeling, you know, really relaxed? Am I feeling grounded? So for me, since I've been using them over the past few years, I've really gone deeper within. And I have an 11-year-old stepson and even him, you know, it, it has inspired him to go within and tune into his body. And I ask him, well, what do you feel like? And it's interesting to see what he reaches for at different times of the day and at different periods in his life. You know, is he li- is he reaching for the more uplifting oils or is he reaching for the more grounding oils? For me, it says a lot about what's going on internally for him. And it shows me where I can show up and support him even more. So I love that it is all about bio-individuality and I really, really want to encourage everyone listening to really tune in when they're using them and listen to their body. It's so important. And another thing I wanted to say was about the self-love aspect. Um, For me, connecting with my body and doing an aromatic dressing, as I like to call it, with the oils has really connected me so much more deeply with my body and the love and the respect that I have for my beautiful temple every morning when I get out of the shower and I've dry body brushed and I've got my little aromatic dressing and I lather myself in it and I repeat affirmations like I love you and thank you, I love you and thank you. And for me, it has taken me on such a deeper self-love, self-respect journey. So um, that's another reason why I love them so much. To me, right now, out of all the products on the market, nothing is at our disposal as easy to get. Thank God, without a prescription, you can go to the store, you can get it online, you can go through a network marketing company, whatever it is. You literally have not only a pharmacy at your fingertips, but you go back to what our ancestors used to do. And I... I'm really glad you shared that, that intuition piece, because what do you think ancient tribal healers used to do? You know, what did Hippocrates do? You have to be very led of the spirit and you have to listen to your body and your body will crave things. Your body will tell you what to do. I mean, most children, and and I, I have to say, I've learned so much about intuition, raising my four beautiful babies. And I'm telling you, 100% of the time, when they're sick, they don't eat. They're just not hungry. They're like, I don't feel good. Okay, I'm not going to force them to eat a burger if they're sick because their body tells them you don't need, you have a little broth or just have some water. You know, over time, we lose that, 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 that connection with our body. And what I agree with you, what I've seen people do and experience is, you know, using essential oils really helps us tap in. And then we start to become empowered where... I'm a big proponent of medicine as an emergency intervention, but at least in America, 
Medical doctors are not trained in prevention at all. They're experts at diagnostics and treating disease. But when it comes to prevention, they don't know. They don't know because that's not part of their training. So I see the prevention and to keep people healthy, that's where essential oils and plus detoxifying your home, stopping the environmental triggers that cause so many illnesses. That's the cool thing. Because again, now you can make your own soaps and lotions and potions and you can make them just smell great and you don't have to worry about poisoning yourself. And so again, I don't see anything Anything. It's one reason why I get so excited about this because I don't see anything on the planet that gives someone that power back. And at the end of the day, if you're listening to this and if you live in in, in an industrial country, you know, we need to get our power back. We need to get our power back from the government. We need to get our power back from the pharmaceutical industry. We need to get our power back from the agricultural industry. What about growing your own food again? You know, we're, we, we got lost in the shuffle where we don't even know basic first aid anymore. People can't garden anymore. Using essential oils is the first step. And then I find that people start using essential oils. They want to do more stuff. So they start baking more, cooking more. They start gardening and they're like, whoa, this is a whole new lifestyle. I'm self-sustaining. That to me is life. Mm, I love it. I love it. And it's so funny since I have started using them many years ago, you know, that was, it was such a big catalyst for me to look at the food that I was eating. You know, was I eating organic food and um, really got interested in that and started growing some of my own herbs. So it's kind of this ripple effect. It trip feeds out into every area of your life because when you use something like this, like we said before, it requires you to tune in and go in and care, like really deeply care about your body and the environment and what you're putting in your body and what you're doing to the environment. So yeah, it's it's really exciting. And there are multiple ways that I use them in my life. I diffuse them every day, all day. There's two diffusers going most of the day. I wear them, you know, I don't wear toxic perfumes anymore. I, when I realized what those perfumes were doing to our body and our endocrine system, I literally went into my bathroom and I had about six and I threw them all in the bin because as you know, our skin is our largest organ and whatever we put on it gets absorbed straight into our bloodstream. So I use them as my perfume. And I cannot tell you, people stop me in the street and they <laughs> say to me, yeah. what are you wearing? And <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so beautiful. And, you know, I put them in my little aromatic dressing. I eat them. Hello, chocolate, peppermint brownie. Yes. I create all my own cleaning products and I use them that they're my medicine cabinet. You know, that's what's in my medicine cabinet before I ever head to the doctors. You know, I always go there first um, and see if there's something that can support me in that moment. So I would love to hear how do you use them? Oh, millions of ways. And, and, I, and I'll answer that. When you're talking, you know what I keep on hearing? I keep on hearing peace of mind. I just, in my spirit, I just sense, you know, that's something you've experienced and that's something I know of experience. And for anyone listening who takes that drug, who goes to the pharmacist, who, good, who whatever, whether it's an aspirin or whether you're using a certain toothpaste or whatever it is and you have doubts, 
you know, having the peace of mind knowing that there are virtually no side effects, like proven no side effects if you use them correctly, knowing that you're doing your body good, like what peace of mind, that's absolutely priceless. So I use them in absolutely every way imaginable. I mean, there's just no way that we don't use them when it comes to our healthcare. Like they are medicine for us. And not only medicine, but they enhance our daily life. Like you've mentioned diffusing. I mean, we, we absolutely determine our mood and we dictate our mood. We are not a victim of circumstances anymore. That's chew on that for a minute. We are not victims of circumstances anymore. We know how to hack really the system that God gave us. So empowering. It is. I mean, you're, you, things happen. Things happen. Trauma happens. Grieving happens. Abuse happens. Stress happens. But not letting your entire experience be dictated by that, I'm telling you, if you're listening, you're a human individual, you have that in you. It's God's creative design within you. And we've learned to use essential oils because I, again, don't know anything else on the planet that could really tap into the mind, literally that penetrate the bloodstream, into the bloodstream, that permeate through the entire body. It's just beautiful, lipid-soluble chemicals that cross the blood-brain barrier. Like, no chemotherapy on the planet can do that, right? So what we have here is we have literally anything, anything you need, anything you want. And I'm I'm a big energy mood junkie. So that's my thing. I love feeling great. I do. I used to be depressed. I used to be suicidal. I used to be in darkness. I used to be addicted to narcotics and alcohol. I know what that's like. And coming from that, I'm I'm addicted now to feeling good and in a healthy way. So I know what that feels like as well. So I love using citrus oils like all throughout the day. And I like my, my colognes and I like my topical um, applications I put on. I love diffusing them because again, citrus oils proven, I mean, proven absolutely to change your mood in a heartbeat, um, to boost mood and to enhance joy. To, to give you happiness, like literally proven. And so I love that. I love feeling that way. I really do. And I, I'm saying this too, because I know, Melissa, people out there, they they like feeling bad. They like feeling sad. They like feeling dark. There's something not like, but they, they feel comforting or they feel secure because that's all they know. And I was there. That's called depression. When you're almost afraid to feel happy because you don't know what that's like, because you don't know when it's going to end. You know, you can feel good all the time. You literally can feel happy. And that doesn't mean things don't happen, but I'm telling you, when something does happen, you bounce back really quick and you find joy. You find that silver lining in the cloud almost immediately. And I don't get in those ruts. I don't have those panic attacks anymore. So I just love, I love using them to determine the mood and the experience of my family, my children. Um, They don't even know. They don't know. All they know is good. They, they, they don't know what to expect. We just put stuff on them and we just enjoy our day. My wife has a joyful blend. It's just very simple. It's orange with vanilla, highly diluted with some almond oil. And we we literally anoint them every day with that stuff. And we just put them out to school like, hey, you're you're joyful. Um, orange, I'm telling you folks, if you only got a couple bucks, get orange. It's by far the best, most versatile oil on the market for your money, period. 
period. And I can't even begin to stress how awesome it is because it has filled, it's one of the most highest, or it has one of the highest concentrations of a chemical called D-limonene. And D-limonene is absolutely healing. It's been known to do everything from enhance mood, calm inflammation, um, kill cancer cells, and you name it. It is absolutely a powerhouse. And there's so many things you can do with orange oil. And pain, I mean, just so much. So anyway, um, I love that. I love that. I love it using it to flavor because I don't do soda pops anymore. I don't do anything yuck flavored sugar. I've been living a really clean, wholesome life for 15 years. So they are a lot of our fruits of the flavor in our foods, which... By the way, can I ask you a question? I don't know if you know this. Can I put you on the spot? Yeah, go for it. There are many industries that use essential oils. You got the aromatherapy industry. You got the perfume industry. You got food and beverage. You have chemical, um, like um, the not chemical, like a cleaning industry, right? Out of all the industries that use essential oils, what do you think? Which and of course the the like the network marketing companies like the actual like aromatherapy companies that sell which ones do you think use essential oils most out of all the essential oils being used in the world which industry consumes the most the network marketing good answer but no what is it that's the least you know what the most is food and beverage wow okay. What do you think's in your Coca-Cola? What do you think's in your peppermint patties? What do you think is in absolutely everything flavored? Everything. They use up to 50%. I've seen reports about 40, 45, 50% of all the essential oils consumed. So here's the thing, folks. If you've heard from an aromatherapist that you shouldn't consume essential oils, that is an uneducated aromatherapist who doesn't recognize that we are consuming oils all day long. If you go to your natural food store and if you buy something and if it says naturally flavored, what do you think that is? It's not oils. So it's all about dosages though. When you buy your Coca-Cola, you're not getting 15 drops of clove. You're getting like parts per million. So that's where we have to enhance our flavors. So isn't that crazy? I didn't know that. I, I actually assumed perfume personally. I thought, oh, you know, it's all in the wallflowers and things like that. No, food and beverage. So I love to enhance my food. I love to do that. Um, my favorite drink is sparkling water with a little bit of essential oil. However, just to point out the obvious, water and oils don't mix. So you have to use an emulsifier, which is a fancy term for chemical so- solvent that helps oil and water mix. So for me, that's liquid stevia. It's an extract. It's alcohol-based. So I get a few drops of liquid stevia, mix it with a drop of lemon, mix it up a little bit, and then pour in my sparkling Perrier or San Pellegrino. Boom, that's my 7-Up. I have that every day. I love it. And it's high in antioxidants because, again, the D-limonene in lemon, and it has so many other healing properties that I'm just consuming health instead of the soda. And I haven't had soda in 15 years. I don't miss it. Love it. Mm. I don't drink alcohol and I haven't drunk alcohol in about seven years. So yeah, 2010, I stopped. But um, I went to one of my besties 30th birthdays at the start of this year and everyone was having a glass of champagne. And here I am with my champagne glass, my sparkling water and my my orange (laughs) essential oil. And you know what? Everyone was 
curious and everyone wanted to try it. And then they were all hooked. They were like, this is delicious. And can I just say that orange is one of my favorite as well. It's the oil of abundance and mm-hmm. chalk orange. I have the most delicious brownie recipe and I put the orange in it. And oh my gosh, it's like... Chocolate and orange is such an epic combo. Same with peppermint and or, uh, peppermint and chocolate. But oh my gosh, like I have to really control myself to not eat the entire brownie. <laughs> Yum. Well, if you do, and hopefully it's naturally sweet, and you know you're doing your body good because you're giving yourself good, healthy plant-based chemicals. Love it. <laughs> exactly. So. On your website, uh, you talk about the oils helping with cancer and autoimmunity and diabetes, fibromyalgia, depression, leaky gut. Is this true? And are they really that powerful? Oh, absolutely. We, we need to keep things into perspective, though. We need to realize that when it comes to the research, um, most of the studies by far are in vitro, which means cells in a Petri dish or they're animal-based studies. We, we really have few, few human-based trials, especially long-term trials, cohort studies, trials that have hundreds or even thousands of people. So what we do have, though, is we have a lot of constituent studies like, hey, let's test menthol or let's test D-limonene or let's test geraniol or would all these little chemicals that are in the essential oils, they're tested. And so we could extrapolate the data that way, but countless, countless testimonials that are considered case study research um, validates what we see in what we see in the literature. And I could just testify for myself and for the people that I know. But I'm telling you, there are literally thousands of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of research studies that talk about either essential oils directly or the constituents of them. Everything from cancer to pain to libido. I mean, just everything. I mean, again, you got to remember the chemicals that are in these oils are oftentimes extracted to create pharmaceutical drugs. And that's something to really kind of put you into perspective where you literally have a pharmacy in your medicine cabinet. And, you know, I've only, my family and I, I can count on one hand of a family of six, how many times we've used antibiotics in the last 10 years, just within five times within my family of six. Wow. And and that was even, it should be less, you know, I made a mistake, um, ended up extracting pneumonia. And how did I do that? Because I was I was foolish. I had I was working around the clock, super stressed. I allowed life get in my way. Let my some of my just just you can't even if you eat well, if you're not sleeping, if you're not resting, if your body just drained over and over and over again. So I, I actually used essential oil. I actually call it my flu shot, some liposomal vitamin C and an immunity blend of essential oils to combat the the pneumonia when antibiotics didn't work. So you know I get it. We're we're regular people here, folks. We get sick too, um, but the benefit is we get back on our feet really quick. And our kids have never been sick more than like a day, like ever. They get sick, they get a day, they might vomit, they might have a 104 temperature. Yeah, 104 temperature. We don't take our kids to the hospital. A little bit of peppermint, a little bit of wild orange or sweet orange. You rub it on the baby's back from the crown of the head to the soles of their feet, highly diluted, maybe 1% dilution, which is about six drops per ounce of carrier. And that's what you need. I mean, that's what we found. So, um, 
it's 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 profound and i'll i'll give you a little tidbit like how profound it is and my favorite way of using oils is topical because you get that inhalation benefit because you get to smell the vapors, which means that it's actually affecting your brain, uh, which is in a good way. And also they penetrate your skin. So there's research studies proving that within minutes of applying essential oils on your skin, they penetrate in your bloodstream and they circulate throughout the entire body. And they will be in your bloodstream for a couple hours, like an hour and a half or so, which is nice when you think of it. Because I just think of this for a second. You literally have control knowing that you only got about two hours or so, not like a drug that could last weeks, days. You just don't know how long the effects of a drug is going to be in your body. And you do know for certain your body's not able to completely metabolize a drug. So you get biochemical buildup, you get toxicity in your adipose tissues, and you get liver damage, and your kidneys and adrenals get strained because of all these chemicals. You don't get that with essential oils because the body readily absorbs them and metabolizes them within like an hour and a half to two hours. So to me, that's empowering because you know if you want to be calm, you could diffuse or apply some lavender or vetiver or cedarwood or some nice calming or Roman chamomile, but you know it's not going to last forever. Like you got about an hour and a half, two hours, and that you want to apply another application. And so you really have the ball in your court. Um, just again, the research is just over and more and more being being done, thankfully, because there's so many people using oils now comparatively to 10, 15 years ago that more researchers are interested in this topic. So um, it's exciting. It's exciting to see what's on the forefront. Mm, absolutely. And I love what you said, you know, you've got about an hour, an hour and a half, and then it requires you to tune back mm-hmm. in again and go, well, how do I feel now? And what is my body craving now in this new moment? So I love that. It's really, really powerful stuff. So you are really big on women's health. What are some of the oils that we can use to really support women? You know, Melissa, when I, when I wrote my recent book, um, I, I intended to have a chapter uh, just a chapter on women's health. It was just part of the proposal. So um, that that was what we were going to do. Work with my publisher. They love the idea. They love the whole schematic. And then I got lost. Like I literally almost missed my deadline for, for my last manuscript because I literally was lost for like two months just reading and reading and writing and mapping this out. There is so much, so much to be said about women's health specifically and essential oils. Um, I just, everything, like everything from young women before they have their period through, um, through menopause, it is profound. Like every stage of a woman's life, even delivery, labor and delivery, when it comes to cramps, when it comes to libido, when it comes to everything from vaginal dryness to migraines, just so much out there. I wish I could say the same about men. And for a variety of reasons, the research isn't being done on men and plus women's health, you know, you guys are complicated. So, you know, we need to do a little more research on women, like the, the female um, reproductive systems is much more complicated than, than the males. And so, we're seeing that more and more research is being done. So I have two daughters and my wife, and I've just seen so many health issues. And it seems like women are really at the brunt of a lot of health issues. And I didn't realize this, but women's health wasn't even a known entity in the medical world until like 25, 30 years ago. I mean, literally, a woman during her period was considered... 
Um, what was the phrase? I'm sorry. It's escaping me. I actually had a crazy quote from like the 1800s. They, they called them handicapped. Like men, the doctors had no idea, literally so ignorant of the female body that they, they would consider a woman handicapped during those one to two weeks of their period. And, you know, there is a reason a woman experiences what she experiences. And there are, in my opinion, special considerations that a doctor must think about before prescribing drugs and treatment to a woman compared to a man. But we don't see that. I don't know about you, but I don't see an, a women-only antibiotic comparative to, no, they have broad spectrum, broad spectrum drugs, whether it's chemotherapy, radiation, whether it's antibiotics or antifungals, it's just everything. Not considering that the woman's, woman's body as a whole is different than the male. And so I'm a big proponent of realizing, look, yeah, we are each individual, but women as a whole, they share a lot, of, I mean, a lot of the same characteristics. And we can't treat women the same way that we treat men, especially during their cycle and especially during, you know, the, the reproductive years. And so their hormone, I mean, just the hormone fluctuation. So anyway, I'm just so blessed. Everything from Vitex, I mean, folks, if you can get your hands on Vitex, that's like Vitex, Clary Sage, Lavender, Geranium, like Ylang Lang. I mean, you know, Frankincense is known as the king of essential oils. I've dubbed my dear friend Ylang Lang his queen. I mean, unbelievable. Like, there's almost nothing Ylang Lang can't help a woman with. And everything, everything, everything. So that's, I have, what is it, five chapters in my book then devoted an entire section to women's health because it can help with so many things. Oh my gosh. I've never thought about that in terms of you know, there's just this one generic antibiotic you go and, and it's, I've never thought about that, but it makes so much sense. And, and then take into consideration bio-individuality and what's going on and looking at the person as a whole and not just, um, generically. Wow. Okay. This is amazing. I'm going to put a link to your book as well in the show notes. So everyone can, um, can get it and dive into it. And you've inspired me. I'm going to whip out my Ylang Lang straight after this and have that one going. I love it. It's so, it's so beautiful. What would be your top three for women? Lavender, Clary Sage, and Ylang Lang for sure. And you know, an interesting tidbit about Ylang Lang, it's actually a proven harmonizer. It brings harmony to the body. And that that's more than just a metaphysical cool woo-woo word that we use in the, you know, in like the new age community. Like it literally harmonizes conflicting biochemical markers. So what's that mean? It could raise blood pressure at the same time it could lower heartbeat which is absolutely counterintuitive because once your blood pressure raises, your heartbeat raises. But we actually find whatever the body needs. If you need to have your blood pressure increased, if you need your heart rate decreased, if you need your respiratory rate changed, if you need whatever, your Lang Lang will help do that. And it actually helps conflicting measures. And it's like, well, why does that do that? Because that's what plant-based medicine does. It gives your body what your body needs. And this is a key, folks. Oils don't heal you. Um, we should have talked, I should have said this the first thing. Oils don't heal you. Oils don't cure disease. Now, granted, it's been proven essential oils can actually like kill bacteria. Okay, that's a different story. But I'm talking when it comes to chronic systemic disease, oils help 
enhance your body's ability to heal itself. That's the key. Just like food. Food is medicine. Food won't cure you. Food will help your body cure itself because it will give you your immune system and it'll help bring your body into balance because there's nothing stronger in this planet against disease than your immune system. And if your immune system is operating full functioning, you won't get sick. Like, you won't get sick. You will combat every infection, every vector, everything that comes against you. But most of us, because of stress, because of GMOs, because of pesticides, because of you name it, toxins, our immune systems are literally crippled. And to me, it's only by the grace of God we're even alive. Just think about it. Just think about all the chemicals we're exposed to. Think about the smog in the air, the fact you literally can't even find pure water anymore. Like, where can you get a pure pool of water? At least in America, all of our rivers and all of our lakes and all of our ponds are polluted. It's that significant to realize that it's not the thing. It's not an outside-in approach. It's really helping from the inside out. Mm, I love that. What was the pivotal moment where you realized how powerful these were and that you wanted to be an essential oils guru or, you know, so to speak? Like, was there a moment where you just had a personal experience with them? No, you know, it's interesting about that because my first encounter with essential oils was actually a negative one because I went to Dr. Google to learn how to combat um, acne. I had, I developed a pimple and it was several years ago and and one of the first two, I think one or two articles that were top ranked by Google at the time told me to apply straight, neat essential oil of oregano on my face and I went to the store, oh. got some knockoff. Yeah, exactly. So I got went to got some knockoff brand of essential oil, which actually wasn't even essential oil. It's a whole nother topic because most of the products on the market are proven to be adulterated. Um, 75% approximately are fake. So I got some junk oil. I didn't know any better. And I burned myself bad. Like it hurt. And I actually developed more pimples because I aggravated the area. So I was like, you know what? This stuff, I don't know what it is. And then I developed athlete's feet. Um, or athlete's foot um, a couple years later at the gym. And I'm like, you know, let, I don't want to do fast acting to neck and let's try um, tea tree, Maluka, same thing. Again, I wasn't using real oil. So it's interesting because my wife's been using oils for like 20 some years and she had a very profound healing story with oils. And I just saw her. I've been married now almost 11 years. She does her thing. She, you know, she has her routine every day day. She does the same thing in the morning and she's got her thing that she does. It's, you know, she smells beautiful, but you know, I just thought that was hers. I thought that was smelly stuff. So it was really once I, I was forced to, I, because it was my job, I was forced to research them. I was forced to write reports. And then I hosted that essential oil summit. And then I interviewed the experts around the world. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm doing it wrong, or maybe I'm not really using the right oil. And then I started using them on myself and on my children. And maybe I guess to answer your question, as I think about this more, I think it was the time that I saw my, my daughter, she was one and a half, two years. She had a literally 104 temperature, watching that temperature just plummet within 20 minutes down to like 99 degrees made me think, wow, like what is this stuff? And that's when I'm like, you know what, this ain't a force to be reckoned with. And so that just drove me more into the research and quite frankly, supply and demand. Like I have so many people, I get over 300,000 people a month to visit my website. I have so many people 
that just visit my website or on my newsletter that want this information, I, I'm struggling to keep up. I'm struggling to keep up with the education because people are craving this information. And so it's just been a whirlwind. Like I haven't been able to breathe. I'm not kidding. It's been like three years. I haven't been able like to take a deep breath and be like, what's happening? I'm just like growing in book sales and, and courses and summits. It's like, wow, I can't produce enough information quick enough for people, um, which is a good thing, right? Especially because it's a business. I'm going to provide my family through this and stuff, but it's, it's, it's real. And it's significant. And I've seen so many people's lives change. And Melissa, just to get the emails and the text or the text messages, but the Facebook posts and literally people are crediting essential oils to saving their lives and their families and their marriages. Well, I know Ylang Lang isn't a counselor, but Ylang Lang is like a benzodiazepine, man. It will like knock anxiety and its tracks, same thing with bergamot. And if you're struggling with anxiety and if anxiety is a, a pressure point for your marriage and if you're on the brink of divorce, well, essential oils can help. And, and I'm just seeing this and like, wow, this is real. This is real life. And people are just broken down. When I speak live, when I go to churches, or when I'm speaking at events and people come to me and just like, thank you. I mean, just heartfelt gratitude. Like, thank you. You don't realize the information you share have saved my life. I'm like, I, I don't know what to say. I'm humbled. I'm, I'm like, wow. So I just thank God. And um, I just continue. I just continue doing what I'm doing. Let's talk about oils and spirituality because I personally love using my oils whilst I'm meditating, especially frankincense. It can really change the way you feel. And this goes beyond anything I've ever experienced before in my life. And what is it about them that makes them feel so spiritual and beautiful? And how can they help us connect with our spiritual side through our meditation or whatever our form of meditation is? It's a good question. I mean, when we look at ancient meditative practices, we know that the ancient Egyptians used to apply charred frankincense under their eyes, and that's what their, you know, the classic Egyptian eyeliner. Um, frankincense, of course, helped bring them to a state of enlightenment, Um we see tribal cultures burning leaves that were aromatic uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, it's actually proven through the science of smell. So what happens is when you emit those volatile organic compounds into the air, whether you burn them or diffuse them or simply just open up the bottle and smell, what happens is those chemicals, there's billions of billions of chemicals, they interact with the nasal mucosa in your nose. So there's nerve cells, millions of little tiny nerve cells in your nose. And once that particle, that volatile organic compound touches that, it triggers a response to your brain. And it lets the brain know, hey, there's a smell here. And actually you inhale that. And those chemicals get into your lungs. And then once they're getting to your lungs, they get emitted through the bloodstream. So you immediately get the chemicals, like immediately through the body. And then they go through the nose into the brain in the limbic system. And, and this is the key. The limbic system is your primal brain. It's where your emotions are, your memory is. That's why for people that have suffered abuse... That's why aromatherapy can be the best or the worst thing that ever happened to them. Because what if, and this is so important for those people listening who have been abused, to use aromatherapy wisely. Because if you were abused and there was a scent, like a smell in the, in the room, that could trigger post-traumatic stress immediately. And even now, to this day, 
I will remember my first girlfriend if I walk by a woman who has who was wearing the same perfume that my first girlfriend used to wear. I mean, it's been 25 years since I saw this girl and I'll remember her every single time. It'll just like, boom, I'll get a picture of her in my mind. That's how powerful smell is. It could trigger. But also, if you use essential oils for that, for healing, for therapy, for combating trauma or grief, if you use a certain essential oil, to get you through a tough season, that can be your saving grace for the rest of your life because it will trigger happiness. It could trigger healing. It could trigger victory. So it really all boils down to the power of smell. And and to get your mind to calm, to get your mind to reduce stress, like these are the things that hurt someone's ability, impede someone's ability to truly meditate. Um, Stress, anxiety, wayward thoughts, just, just chronic overload of just too much, everything, whether it's EMFs and electromagnetic fields, whether it's voices through radio and music, we have so much stimulus, so many stimuli. So essential oils can actually just help kind of like block that out. And we find, I mean, at least I've experienced it. I love it. I have an emotional detoxification blend that I came up with because we need to detox our emotions as much as we detox our body. And that can really help get you in the frame of mind where you could pray and meditate and truly be in control of your mind, um, which is something that used to be a focal point for most healing modalities since the beginning of time. And we've kind of forgot that you know, at least in America, we forgot the power of the mind and power of thinking. And I really have seen a resurrection of sort from the dead that people realize now more. And I give credit a lot to essential oils, a lot to um, the, the, the new age movement that's bringing people to the reality that your mind can really shape your reality. And that's proven. Positive thinking can bring healing, meditation can, I'm just so much. And so, Essential oils can be a key trigger of that, all through the power of smell. Mm, I just got taken back to when I was in primary school and my mum would pick me up from school and she wore this intense perfume. And every time I got in the car, it felt like it would smack me in the face, but I would feel so nauseous. I would feel so nauseous and so sick and I'd have to put the window down and I would say, mom, please don't wear this anymore. But I never knew what it was. Like I never, I didn't know that it was you know, I knew it was the perfume that was making me sick, but I didn't understand why. And, you know, no one else felt this way, but for me, I would have to stick my head out the window. I'd feel so car sick. I would vomit and I would just, you know, beg mum to stop wearing it, but it was her favorite and she didn't stop wearing it. So, you know, these aromatic anchors, uh, like what you said, you know, they can evoke positive memories in us and they can also evoke the, you know, sad or negative ones as well, um, which just reminded me of that story just then. So, um, yeah, it's, I, that's why I love using them for my meditation. You know, for me, you know, I love frankincense and lavender together. And first thing in the morning, you know, that's the thing I, I diffuse whilst I sit and I just love it. It's just me, my smell, nothing, you know, it's still dark in the morning and, you 
it's so peaceful and quiet and I just love the feeling that I get in that space. So they definitely can can take you on a deeper inward journey, that's for sure. Exactly. I love them. I really do. I, I think every, I feel every chiropractor's office, every medical doctor, I, I feel every healthcare provider, massage therapist, everyone needs to be using essential oil therapy through diffusing, um, through a variety of ways. It really, I'm telling you, you know, again, in America, things things are different than I see in other cultures and other, in other countries. I've traveled a lot. Like we have smell all over the place. And on the flip side, I think it's really important to recognize your your plugins, your wallflowers, your aerosols. You are absolutely emitting toxic chemicals into the air that are known known carcinogens and they're neurotoxic. They can cause neurodegenerative disease like dementia and Alzheimer's and they've been linked to ADHD and autism and these smells and in America they're everywhere like you go to the restroom at the gas station and you just hear this like psst psst and you look in the upper right hand corner and they're like spraying you with god knows what worst is when you get it in your face I know it and it's like you just sprayed toxins on me. And so you can't escape it. You literally can't escape it in America unless you're in your home and you create your safe haven. And it's so important, folks, whether you live in a one-bedroom apartment or you have a magnificent mansion, doesn't matter, to create a safe haven for you and your family to just live and be and not worry. And you do your best. And for me, we threw away all of those aerosols. We threw away all of our perfumes. It's so important. It's so important not to, not to cause that strain on your mind, on your body, um, to have natural smell through either, you know, just flowers and essential oils. It's so critical to create that environment. And I've seen it. Like I've literally seen what it's done to my family. And again, my children are are my my continual science experiments because I see them. They've never been vaccinated. Um, they've they don't know what drugs are like. They they don't know what these fake smells are like until we go out. And I just see. I can even see sometimes their behavior. How the, even they sometimes get agitated, or they some you know their 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 body just doesn't know what to do when they're around certain things. And they come back home. It's a safe. It's a safe place. It's a safe haven. They calm down. Um, they get more like the mindset where they could study or think or meditate or pray. So anyway, you are folks listening here today. You are absolutely in control. You are in control. You can be in control of your health, of your thoughts, of your life. And yeah, I'm not saying essential oils are going to be like the end all. No, but they're part of it. And that's what I preach. I preach that essential oils are a piece to the pie. And because, I mean, again, going back to you, you've asked this a couple of times, like, why am I doing this? Because no one else is doing it. Again, no one else is not selling oils as a researcher, as a doctor, talking about the health benefits and how to use them safely and effectively. But it's only one thing that I talk about too, but it's because it's the most popular thing. It's, it's the voice that, that really God's given me for this time. But I'm telling you folks, there's so many other things you could do, but remember essential oils is one tool. They're just one tool in your tool belt, but they're a powerful tool. Mm, yeah, I absolutely agree. And we've got to look at the body 
as a whole and take a holistic approach. It's not just one thing. It's just, like you said, another thing to add to our wellness toolkit. I love that. Thank you so much. It comes to me, it, I get this a lot, enough where it, it, I'm, I'm almost concerned for people. You can't live a McDonald's lifestyle and expect essential oils to help. It just can't happen. It's like one step forwards, two steps back. People ask me, what do I need to do to cure XYZ? And they are not willing to change their health at all. They just want a fix. They're using essential oils like they're going to their doctor asking for a drug to cure them. But you That word triggered that in me. You use the word holistic. It's so important, folks. To me, again, essential oils is a way of life. It's a way of, of sustainability. It's a way of being self-reliant. It's a way of being independent. And it's a catalyst for so much. But it's, again, it's one thing. It's one thing. Mm-hmm. I am just loving this so much. Such great information. So thank you so much. Let's turn the focus on you for a second. What is one thing that you are currently working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? Is there anything? Balance. Good question. Um, I, I'm at such a critical point in my life where, you know, I've alluded to this. It's just, it's almost chaos. Like I, I, be, I, I grew a global following overnight and with this book through the, the largest publisher in the world is through Penguin Random House and creating brand new website, brand new e-courses, brand new book. And I'm trying to be a father and I'm trying to be a good husband and I'm trying to be just a good servant to everyone and just love people. And I find that, you know, 37 years old, I'm at just a really critical squeeze point in my life, you know, still waking up in the middle of the night because I have a teething baby, changing diapers. It's just chaos. <laughs> And I know that the season will end, but what I'm actively working on is something that I've been very intentional is to, to be balanced. And um, as a provider of my home, my wife doesn't work. I'm the sole provider. Um, it's easy, literally easy for me to put in like a hundred hours in a week. And I don't even realize it because I don't know about you, but I don't work anymore. It's like what I do is passion and passion is work. And there's a fine line, like technically I'm working right now, but it doesn't feel like I'm working. I'm having a conversation about something I love. So it's like, where do you draw the line? And so for those people who are driven, purpose-driven people listening right now, for people that have a lot going on in their life right now, who are squeezed in a lot of directions, have great opportunities, I get it. I'm there. But forcing yourself to stop. And I literally forced myself twice today in the morning. Um, I took my baby Bella Boo, I call her Isabella. Um, I had a team conference call. And you know what? Instead of just me taking my conference call in my office, I went on a walk with her. I got my headset. We had a team conference call. And I went on a nice hike with my daughter, who was one years old. And then I stopped work right at 6 o'clock. And I took my kids to run club. And we did running together. And, and, and like I'm forcing myself like intentionally in my calendar like, look, you're never going to get this time back. And so that's something that I'm actively working on. And I got to say, I, I'm proud to say that I'm winning the battle. Um, I'm not going to let just success and craziness of life ruin me. And I've seen it happen to too many people. And um, by God's grace, it's not going to happen to me. 
Mm, I can totally relate to everything you said. So thank you for sharing. Now, let's pretend that you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Now, besides your book, what book would you choose? That's a good one. You know what? But how about this? How about a genre of books? Because I don't think there's just one. I would want a book that literally teaches kids how to live again. And like, what does that mean? Just the basics, basic healthcare, basic gardening, basic, whatever it is, just the basics. Kids are graduating school and they're tech nerds and they're, they're, they're engineered to be engineers and they don't know what it's like to live. They don't even know how to cut the grass. They can't fix small machinery anymore. So I would think it would be a collection of books that would literally just equip them just to do the things that they should do and could do and be a little more self-reliant. I agree. That's such a great idea. Now, I would love to hear about your morning routine. I am obsessed with hearing about how people prime themselves for the day and how you set yourself up for success. So you're a very incredibly successful person. So how do you prime yourself for the day? This is not the right time to ask me because it's just, I'm in survival mode. I mean, half the time I'm just halfway groggy, sleepy. When you have a one-year-old teething baby and three other kids, you're just literally just, I'm there. I, I literally, I'm that guy. I'm in my pajamas dropping my kid off at school half the time. Um, literally, I'm just there. So my day literally starts when I drop off my kids at school and that's usually my responsibility. So I get up and I, anything I could do. I try actually to read a scripture. I open up my Bible. I do try to have like a minute just to like, okay, just get in the, a frame of thought, like a meditative, truly spiritually uplifting frame of thought. I'm not like getting into an hour worth of devotional. I'm talking like a scripture verse. So I read my scripture verse from my phone because I have this app, this Bible app, and I read that and I'm like, okay. And then I literally just start getting my kids because again, I have four kids and they, they, they're not getting themselves ready. They're very, very young. So I'm putting on the clothes, but I'm with them. I'm loving them and I, I serve them and I'm blessing them. And then I drop them off at school and that's when I come home, make my matcha green tea latte. And I just like, I get in the mindset and I just start, go through my calendar, go through my day. But yeah, it's very reactive. Unfortunately, I know what it's like. If you would ask me maybe 10 years ago, I would have had a much, I did, I had a much different story. I had a very nice routine in the morning that was very me focused, but everything in my life is kind of you focused right now, which isn't, isn't bad. Mm, Beautiful. Now I'd love to hear what are three things you're most recently grateful for. I'm a massive fan of gratitude. So I'd love to hear three things you are most recently grateful for in your life. You know, I'm really, I'm really grateful. I was able to take my kids camping. Um, I'm grateful I I stopped the craziness and I went two days away with my children, just us. And we did that. I'm grateful for that time. Um, I'm grateful for my family. I am my wife who is unbelievably supportive of everything that I do and who's my partner in what I do. She is a brilliant woman. I haven't spoken enough about her, but she's really the impetus to much of what I do. And I'm, I'm grateful for God and for the mission and the plan and the purpose and the voice that I have, um, I literally am 
helping millions of people and it's humbling. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful to um, be a leader, to be an influencer. And I take that very seriously. I really do. And that's why I've, I went to aromatherapy school. And that's why I continue my research because I, I want to be honorable and share truth. Mm, beautiful. Now I've got three little rapid fire questions for you. I believe in the pyramid for happiness and health, and that is health, wealth, and love. So if there's one thing that we could do today for our health, what would that be? Do something that you normally would give away to someone else to do and do it yourself. Do DIY, just something. Start to empower yourself to do something. Nice. And what about one thing that we could do today for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Balance. I find that the more balance I get, the more the whole system rises up where one area isn't efficient. And that could, to me, there's seven areas that we focus on, everything that ranges from spiritual to mental to emotional. And it's about balance. So I think as people really focus on that, you'll find like next thing you know, you got more money and next thing you know, your bills are being paid and next thing you know, you like your job better and, and your relationships are better. So that really does having balance and, and just focusing on that, um, I find is, is really the key to the abundant life. And what about one thing we could do for more love in our life? You and me and everyone listening and this is without hesitation, because I was actually asked this too by another interviewer, so I got it off my tongue. Uh, good question, by the way. You need to fall in love with yourself. Amen. <laughs> yes. You cannot, the golden rule, you can't love others as you love yourself if you loathe yourself. I don't care what you look like, what you smell like, what you sound like. You're a beautiful creation made in God's image, and you are a gift to the world. And I know, because I used to hate myself. Anyone who's depressed, anyone who's suicidal, anyone who's anxious, there's loathing, there's self-loathing. And I truly empathize. If you're listening right now and if, if you're there, if you don't see value in who you are, that literally is a lie from the pit of hell. You are so valuable. You're so beautiful. And you need to love yourself. And then you can truly love others. Yes, yes, yes. Totally agree and love that so, so much. You're speaking my language. And I just wanted to say, I've got one more question, but before I ask this question, thank you so much for the work that you do and for just sharing so openly and honestly. It's been an absolute pleasure and I'm actually devastated that, you know, we have to end our call and maybe we can have you back on the show again another time. But my final question for you is, what is one thing I can do personally and the listeners can do to serve you today? You know, I appreciate your, your, your prayers and your positive thoughts. Um, that fuels me more than you'll ever know. So, love i just love that so just just pray love support it fuels me i need it mm. dr eric z thank you so so much this has just been so informative and 
you are such a beautiful person. Your energy, like I can feel energy and you are just such a beautiful person. And I hope one day that I get to meet you in person and give you a big hug. Well, hopefully next year when you're coming out to Australia, aren't you? Next June, July. Yeah. Yeah. We're planning a book tour and thank you, Melissa. It's, it really has been an honor and a privilege. You asked some really good questions and uh, thank you for the opportunity to share with your tribe. You are a lovely soul and you're doing great work and it really is an honor. The privilege is all mine. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful and I can't wait to see you next year. This conversation has really inspired me to continue to dive deeper in my own research because I believe knowledge is power in every area of our life. The more we educate ourselves, the more empowered we're going to feel. So if you loved today's episode as much as I did, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes because that means we can inspire even more people together. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that Eric and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that is at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 41. You can also check out The Path to Freedom there and my other podcasts, and also sign up to my newsletter so that you are the very first to know when you can pre-order my next book, Open Wide, The Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships, and Soulful Sex. It is so good, and I cannot wait for you guys to get this in your hands. You're going to love it. And before I go, thank you so much for being here for wanting to be the best version of yourself possible and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right away. Either take a screenshot and you can send them a text or an email or share it on your social media channels. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.